You're listening to the Examine Life podcast with Matt Purcell, and joining me in this episode is Lisa Messenger, entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker. She had the stage with Richard Branson and then heaps of other world-class people. She is amazing, and by request, by demand, based on the polls I did last year on social media asking you guys which guests you'd like to have on the show, she came up all the time. So it's been really good. She's going to tell you at the beginning of this episode how hilarious it's been trying to get to each other. We've had so many roadblocks just with sickness or something happened, but we finally got her on the show, which is great. And what I love about Lisa is she's been through downtimes as a business owner and she's been through peak periods as well. And I say she's in one right now. She's reinvented her businesses. She's honest about what she's been through. It's all in her books as well. It's well documented. And I love having people on the show that are just honest, real, and that we can relate to. And she's down to earth and very humble, yet has achieved amazing things. So you're going to love this episode. We really need more people to increase the level of positivity and optimism in this time of COVID-19 being shut down with so many things and us being locked down in our houses. So we discuss in this episode things like working from home, a structure to be able to sort out our mindset. Because when things happen when we don't expect them, it's easy to fall into a trap, into a downward spiral and, and just have a very nihilistic view of the world. Lisa's a very good encouragement. She uses her social media platforms and her resources to be able to pull together useful information. And I've really benefited from seeing it. She was a big supporter with the Australian bushfires. She helped bring a lot of great awareness to businesses. And right now she's supporting, obviously, the COVID-19 businesses too. So... I would really encourage you to go check her stuff out at collectivehub.com and follow her handles on Instagram and social media like Lisa Messenger. So without further delay, please enjoy my episode with Lisa Messenger. Lisa, how are you? <laughs> Matt, I feel like the crappiest person in the world. For everyone watching, listening, I'm normally fastidious about time. I'm turning up when I say I'm going to turn up, but I have to admit, I cancelled on Matt twice last year, and this year for some, and today for some reason, I clicked on a, a um, Google Doc, and I was sitting in that room for five minutes, and then I was like, hang on, let me go back and check the calendar, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I meant to be on a Zoom. So poor Matt probably thought I wasn't turning up today. Most unlike me, some weird funky juju between us. So let's let's uncover all that and make sure that this is the best interview ever. <laughs> nah, it's all good. <laughs> Shit happens, doesn't it? Like, um, my gosh. So where are you right now? You um, you you're you're in the collective well, hub. <laughs> thanks, thanks to Zoom and you know technology, I look like I'm in my old office that cost me three hundred and fifty grand a year and was six hundred <laughs> square meter penthouse in Surrey Hills. But no, I'm at home in Bondi, well, <laughs> like I'm many of us in right lockdown. Now, um... Oh, guys! <laughs> okay, where where else am I? <laughs> and I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. I mean, that's that's the beauty of technology and we can, I don't know where you want to go with this interview. I'm completely open and you can ask me anything. There is nothing off limits. But <laughs> the nice thing is that, you know, I've worked in a bricks and mortar office for 17 and a half years. And then I broke that whole model mm-hmm. two years ago, which is well documented. And now the world seems to have been turbocharged into breaking that model. So yeah, we can, we can go wherever you want with this interview. I, I think, I think right now everyone is, the big elephant in the room and obviously the the universal enemy that we're all facing business owners or employees alike is this whole virus. And it's just such an inconvenience in so many ways. And I find a lot of people are struggling, uh, at least the people who are reaching out to me through my channels with um, knowing what to do, learning to let go of pre-planned things and just making yeah. sense is this whole thing. Like, um, for example, we could start with um, just with you, Lisa, because Lisa, you, you're like one of the most useful like, and positive people on my feed, I would say. Like <laughs> the bushfire, like we had bushfires this year. We've had droughts. We have a freaking virus and you're out just hustling to get source the best info and, and make it plain English for us. That's really good. Talk us through a little yeah, bit about that. Okay. Gosh, where do I even start? It's like, um, 
I mean, I think everything starts with mindset. And I've, I started my first business 22nd of October, 2001. And so there's lots of parallels between what I've been doing in that time and then like the bushfire efforts. I haven't really stepped fully into at all. I think I'm in about 5% of what I could be doing around the virus. But it's so it's of such magnitude that I'm kind of sitting and thinking about what's the, what's the best use of me at the moment and just kind of... Um, synthesizing all the information and working out how can I really best serve. But um, I think a lot of people are freaking out. And so we'd go back to the mindset piece and um, I might even go back before bushfires and before mm. virus. And, um, you know, having had businesses for such a long time and it's fairly well documented that um, I launched Collective Hub as a print magazine in 2013. So 11 years into having businesses. So you know, finally something worked. And for the previous 11 years, so 2001 until 2013-ish, whatever that is, 12, 11 years, I'd only ever had three staff and I'd never been able to scale and I was frustrated and, you know, all these kinds of things that people don't see until you have an overnight success. <laughs> and 2013, I was so frustrated about there not being enough information for entrepreneurs and the story behind the story and all that kind of thing and reverse engineering. And I was always left scratching my head going, but how, but how, but why, but why? And so that ethos was very much around launch a print magazine because I knew nothing about digital at the time. I was very naive. And so I launched that into a highly saturated market in Australia of five and a half thousand print mags. And within 18 months, it was in 37 countries. And I had the likes of Anna Wintour, Richard Branson and all sorts of people flying around the world. So was kind of catapulted into you know almost overnight success but I have even though that all sounds wonderful I've managed crises before so and I think you know as entrepreneurs we kind of almost thrive in this situation and I think that's really important for people to kind of if they're really concerned, like learn to flip your mindset because we're used to being agile and nimble and flexible and pivoting big word of the moment um, and changing and adapting and coming up with new things. And it's often when we're under pressure and we're, you know, our ass is hanging out that we're like, okay, let's go. What can I do with this? And in 2017, I nearly lost my whole business, the Collective Hub. I mean, you know, externally it looked incredible, but my growth was so um, massive and I didn't have the right systems and processes in place to manage it. And so mm. a lot of what people, People are having to go through now whether it's you know cutting the absolute guts out of your cost base you know scaling back um, which is kind of a great exercise to do anyway it's just that I did it in isolation and felt very lonely and very lost in 2017 and I wrote this whole book risk and resilience about exactly every single point that I went through to get there and so whilst a lot of people are feeling the pain right now I feel like I've been through that several times and then to just move forward to the bushfires for a moment for anyone who was watching me in January and I think this is a really good lesson for all of us you know you don't have to be the best person at something and and you know I could have thought about myself was collecting public one hit wonder in actual fact I broke it in order to remake it and it's stronger than ever now and we can talk about what I did around that and why it's stronger than ever but when the bushfires hit um what happened was this i was i got engaged on the um first of january to start the new decade eight o'clock in the morning my now fiance asked me to marry him um on the third of january i just like so many people kept watching you know social media and another burning koala and another thing on television and there's a lot of inaction and i had every reason on the planet to sit back and enjoy my engagement bubble and have a holiday i was in byron bay but there was something inside me and a lot of entrepreneurs will relate to this and i, I always say that i think when we have a consciousness around it and we're a present to it when something really uncomfortable happens and a lot of us are feeling that right now if you can actually sit with it feel it and then use that fuel to kind of like propel us into something mm. so i was sitting there on the 3rd of january and i just thought what can i do and i literally googled who needs help and i found this organization food bank australia and i noticed they were following me on instagram which was tick you know as a start and i just sent them a message and they said how can i support you and often and in this time of crisis it's just a matter of asking people how can i support you or what do you need and i reached out and 10 o'clock the next morning it was a saturday morning brianna the ceo rang me and she said 
we need desperately like ring pull, ring pull tins of tuna and we need this and she gave me a whole list and I just thought and everyone listened to the similarities not the differences what do I have in my toolkit what can I do well I've got a fairly big audience on social media so I was like mm. okay take a charity that needs something um, tell people what it is that's needed and what the drop-off point is and I just kept repeating that and my first um, IGTV that I made I think was watched by like 36,000 people and it just went viral mm. and you know I was able to make a real impact and within the first 24 hours I had um, 15 refrigerated trucks and five helicopters and we had 400 cars outside Food Bank Victoria and the point I'm making for everyone is that in crisis like if we let ourselves if we let ourselves to feel it and feel into our mindset and get strong and dig into that resilience muscle it is actually extraordinary what we can do mm, yeah you're right Lisa I think a lot of people struggle with that discomfort of having the things they're familiar with taken away right now in crisis is in this crisis things are taken away from like the literally the rug has been swept off people's feet with yeah. all the plans and their, their familiarities and their habits and their routines. And yeah. it's, it's just a great thing what you said there about are people, I mean, there's so much stuff on, on the net about that waters downwards, like mindset. I don't know why, you know yeah. what I mean? You, you feel that too. Like people, some people were like, oh, mindset's wishy-washy or motivation's wishy-washy. But it's the most, one of the most important things because it's one thing that's all within our grasp to be able to do at any moment is to change things. Yeah. And that's what I say all the time. Like we can't control what comes at us, but we can control how we respond to it. And stuff comes at us every single freaking day that's beyond our control. It doesn't matter who you are or, you know, and particularly as your business gets bigger or your life gets bigger, just more stuff comes at you. And so we just have to learn to go, wow, that was unexpected. Okay, that, that hurts. But then very quickly, I almost, I gamify it. And I talk about this in my first book, Daring and Disruptive. It's almost like, um, don't feel like you need to be in it on your own. So what I'll do is I'll go to worst case scenario really quickly in my head. I won't stay there for long. Like I've trained myself 30 seconds to two minutes and then I'll reverse engineer it. Who do I need? Oh my gosh, I need my accountant or I need my lawyer. Or I need to reach out to a friend or I need to reach out to a mentor. And then I quickly go back through the steps to present moment. And then I'm like, okay, I've got this because I've got a team of amazing people external to me who can support me through whatever situation comes up. And I think that's really important for people to not sit there in isolation and think, oh my God, my whole world's crumbling and I don't know what to do about it. Be brave and courageous enough to reach out and ask for help. I think that's important. Mm. Talk us through a little bit of what you do to help you keep a, a constructive mindset. Do you, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff you probably do, but just give us a little bit of insight of that. Yeah, and, and this week, you know, there have been two days of seven where I've actually just completely lost it. And my um, my fiancé would say I was just a complete pain in the ass, you know. So <laughs> all of us, um, no matter how well we're trained to deal with things, we still have moments. And But I think it's important to, you know, work out. I mean, I've done years and years and years of therapy, and it all comes from... I mean, if I go back, like my whole 20s, I spent living life according to other people's expectations, not knowing what my beliefs belief system was, um, you know, going from job to job because my parents would pat me, pat me on the back going, yay. And, you know, if it was up to them at the time, God love them, I'd still be like um, a receptionist in a real estate agent, which was fun. And I thrived and I loved it. But I remember after like 18 months or something working there, they were like, no, no, no stay. It's like stable and it's comfortable. And so, um, so for years, I just went along according to other people's expectations. And then um, so mindset wise, I made some tough decisions. So um, I realized that most of my 20s, I'd just binge drunk, like I drank way too much. Um, I ended up alienating my family. I didn't talk to my mother, my father, my sister for three years who were all so close to me. Um, you know, on the outside, my life was looking shiny. So in... Um, Oh, um, sorry, yeah, October 2004, I gave up drinking, so 15 years ago, over 15 years ago. Now, it's not about giving up drinking, it's about being courageous enough to realise what are your triggers, how are you self-sabotaging, how are you keeping yourself small? And for me, 
it was almost like I was ready to, there was this piece inside of me that really wanted to do something big in the world, except that I had no emotional intelligence to actually understand what that was. And so I numbed myself by drinking and escaping into that, right? And a lot of people in the current situation, you suddenly, I don't know, you're used to being in an office with other people. You're suddenly stuck at home in isolation. You can't go out. You might be working alongside your spouse or partner or flatmate who actually you really like, but when you're in a confined <laughs> situation with them for you know, 24 hours a day and you can't go to the gym. And so this, this is the perfect time for people to um, fall into self-sabotage mode, whether it's opening the fridge 11 times an hour and just eating everything that's in sight or going, I'm just not going to exercise. I'm just going to like use this as an excuse to watch Netflix and sit on the couch and be a blog for like three months or whatever it is. Or which is what I'm doing at the moment. And it rattled me this week, not so much about my own stuff because I'm used to crisis, but I'm an empath, which basically means I feel very deeply. So I, I take on a lot of what's around me in the world and I, I worry about the elderly in isolation or people who aren't, as a student, haven't done 10 years of therapy like me, so kind of have the tools to go, okay, I got that, I'm feeling it, I'll feel it, now I'm going to meditate or journal or exercise or breathe or, you know, a number of other tools that I use. So I, I take a lot of that on and I think that's where it starts to collapse. So what I would say to people is this, get rituals and routines and discipline are so important to get your mindset right. So every single morning, you know, at the moment, I'll get out of bed, I go out onto my deck, I'm lucky, I'm living in a nice place and I don't take that for granted and I'll put my yoga mat out and I'll just start to breathe and I'll do a few salute to the sounds and I'll just do some stretching and I'll just breathe and then I'll go and, you know, journal and then I'll sit in the sun and I'll meditate for a bit. So it's just like do whatever it is to start your day to ground yourself so that you feel like you've got it you know what I mean it's so easy to roll over and reach for the phone and scroll through social media or a myriad of other things but try and I think almost emulate what you would do in an office environment or in your normal day-to-day -day life so that you start to get some routine I think that's the biggest thing for any of us you know mm. um, I'm a complete rebel I love to buck the status quo I love to challenge everything but I still need my routine to keep my mindset strong yeah that's the thing that people don't to, that, that's one thing I don't think people think about a lot is we talk about rituals, routine, and people need to be disciplined, but you, you can't show me a disciplined person that doesn't have a structure, but you, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. discipline through structure. And that's something that I think we're all, so this whole situation right now where we're limited, so it's almost like if we were playing a game of chess right now, it's almost like there's certain pieces on the board that are taken off your thing so like yeah they do this the chess plays where they put you in situations where you don't have a lot so you've got to yeah. learn how to think a certain way if you put in a certain defensive mode and i feel like right now that's what we're like matt i love that you said that because my next piece was going to be about i i'm the queen of gamification in terms of if you gamify your life exactly you just you just demonstrated so perfectly so i said on social media yesterday i'm gonna today write 100 day plan right and people are right. like 100 days do you think we're gonna be locked in for and i'm like yeah so if people go back to i think it was maybe i can't remember when i did it like early january i made an igtv about our perfect year so on the 24th of december the day before christmas my fiance and I went and nerded out and, you know, most people were partying. We went and wrote, like, what does 2020 look like for us? And I always do, like, circles. And it was like, okay, what does it look like for family, friends, um, you know, personal development, professional development, health, fitness, travel. So we have all these circles, right? And we worked on it as individuals and as partners okay so we have this perfect life mapped out for 2020 and when you map it like that it's like tick 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 everything was falling into place until corona struck right so all of that gets ripped out from under you so what we're doing today is actually reworking that okay what does this look like and this is where the gamification comes in and i would urge anyone strongly to do this so i'm excited because i'm like let's work through okay friends we love and one of our things was every fourth 
Friday night, we're going to throw a dinner party for 16. And because, you know, you'd be like this, you must come to one when we actually have it. Yeah. Um, you know, we meet all these amazing people in life and you often just get to connect with Matt for an hour or whatever. So we used to have all the time, we'd gather people that we'd met and like get this 16 together once a month. So we wrote that down. So now part of the plan is, okay, let's stick to that, but let's do it via Zoom every fourth Friday and let's keep that going. And family, Stephen has a huge Italian family. So we were like, every second Sunday, we're going to do a big open house, you know, lunch for um, family and friends. So again, Zoom. And then it's like, okay, exercise. We had, you know, we're going to do this, this, and this, and we're going to get ripped and, you know, be strong. And so now it's like, I mean, last night's post on Instagram, if anyone wants to go and watch um, or have a look, I did a shout out saying, what are the best exercise apps? What do you do at home? So today we'll be working out, okay, what do we do in the confines of our home to exercise? So that's the thing, you know, professional development. You can't go to a conference anymore, so what are you going to learn online? And, of course, there have been massive financial impact for all of us. I mean, a lot of what I do um, for a living is I speak and I get paid very nice money for that. And, you know, the absolute guts have been ripped out of that. But, you know, we just adapt and we go, and it is tricky at the moment because, because I was chatting to another entrepreneurial friend yesterday and it's like, quick, our natural instinct is quick, pivot, create something else. What else can we create? What else does the market want? But it almost feels a bit dirty at the moment to be like, okay, I'll create this and sell it to you because there's so much free stuff and we're all trying to be of service and give what we can, but we also need to stay afloat. So there's that kind of duality at the moment. It's mm, very true. I think um, what, what I like about what we just talked about just then, just about like how when you're limited to certain things, I think um, it's the perfect time, like you were saying before, to get ourselves together, like to find, to revisit our strengths, to revisit who we are as people. Because I'm finding a lot of my friends, I had a few, I've had some devastating phone calls where, yeah, it's been pretty heart wrenching. Like my mates, yeah. I've got two young children and I've got a couple of mates who have young children too. And they let go of their job and I've got four weeks of, to stay afloat with my money and um yeah, yeah. To, i don't know because the government hasn't told us about rent freezing or um you know we're not we don't, haven't bought a house yet so it's so there's a lot of freaking out going on in my job yeah so there's a lot of grim uh, grim phone calls i had but how i've been able to i guess get them out of that grim state into a more uh, progressive state is by getting the focus on well if you can't go to work you physically have stopped then you got to look at revisiting what your skills are again, what your strengths are, not like, not resume virtues, but yeah. like, look, look at the eulogy virtues. Let's look at, um, there's some great strength finder tests. Like Harvard has one. Uh, some really great free resources that are scientifically framed to be able yeah. to find again what that is. Cause that way, if you are gamifying again, I love gamification by the way, actually we should stop and just define gamification for people. Because um, in what you think gamification is? Because it's a really cool concept. Yeah, so I guess, um, you know, there's the techie gamification, which a lot of people use if you look at well, a, whole, a whole myriad of things. But if someone looks at, say, um, I don't know, a fitness app, a lot of that is what I would say gamified. So you're going and do something and then like a little unicorn will jump up when you, you know, reach a certain thing or you go to the next stage. So a lot of gamification is used in tech, applications I guess but for me in life um, I have trained myself to mindset flip pretty much everything and so I call that gamifying it um, so how I do it is something really crappy will come at me and straight away rather than having a pity party and falling apart I'll try and go oh my god how can I like a very purposefully and conscious kind of go how can I use that how can I flip that how can I take a lesson from that and teach it to other people and so then rather than the really crappy thing I'm able to almost laugh at it in the moment and go wow that's going to make a great story so that's how because I'm a, a writer and a content a prolific content producer I kind of that's how I've learned to train my mindset to almost flip and really bad things have come at me like you know like literally last week I lost probably 250 grand of, you know, forward speaking gigs. And, yeah. you know, I go, wow, that hurts. Okay, how can I 
well, what's the, oh, that's going to be cool to talk about, like how I hit the skids and this is how I came out of it. Mm -hmm. So I almost would say gamifying it for me is like feeling it and then going, like feel it and let yourself cry or scream or whatever the the emotion is, but then go, what can I do with this? Wow. I'm going to like train myself to actually, what's another way that I can make that 250 grand back? Or how can I um, take, use that as a lesson for other people? Or how can I, do you know what I mean? Like, and the thing is, I guess, unlike when my business nearly went under in 2017, it didn't because I went through so many steps, which I've documented very well in my book, Risk and Resilience. But I mean, at least now it's a unified world. I mean, no one is, we may, you know, one is immune to the crisis, you know, and we're all being hit in different ways. My partner is in hospitality, you know, he had to make three quarters of his staff redundant on Monday and Tuesday last week and we were moving house we moved house on Monday and he was on the phone the entire way through you know like so but that's okay he's Mm. he's extraordinary he's just buckled in and gone right let's have a 90-day plan for him in terms of his business let's ride the next three months out let's like crunch down let's you know cut every cost that we possibly can and let's use this time to strategize so when you know when we come out the other end it's going to be stronger and more robust than ever but Matt also what you said before it's about um, sorry, and I've gone from gamification to covering what you were saying, but it is horrible for everyone. But also, I believe longer term, this pain is going to force so many people who are leading life according to other people's expectations and just cruising along in a nine to five job or whatever it is, because that's there to pay the mortgage. Well, suddenly every known to us and every comfortable factor has been, like you said, the rug's been pulled out from under us. So it's like, this is a time to get brave and courageous. And, and a lot of people aren't trained in this. And that's why I feel because they're having to sit with themselves, but actually be brave enough to discover who am I? Mm. What do I stand for? What are my beliefs? What's my vision for my life? You know, what would I love to be doing? Because even though it hurts right now, it is a time to recreate and upskill and really consciously choose when we come out the other side, do I want to go back to my shitty corporate job where I am a slave to the man or actually have I just spent these three months buckling in and learning a new skill set and going, oh my God, that makes me feel alive and coming out the other end really strong. So I would encourage anyone to just try and, like you said, you know, reach for the next best thing, try and refocus, try and reskill and go, if I could have anything at the end of this, what would it be? Because I'm sure financially, you know, something's got to kick in as a buffer to help people. And we can't control any of that right now. So what can we control? Well, we can control educating ourselves, really looking at our lives and working out what is it that we want to do if we could do anything. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's right. I think think the stimulus package and all the the support the government will give us cannot save you and from everything that you got, like it's ultimately r- real responsibility we all have to take. And I think this is a good kick up the ass yeah. for some people. It's a good kick yeah. up. It's uh, a good because any test is, is in the form of an examination on a on a paper or an opponent coming at you or having the chess pieces limited. Like I said before, they're all forms yeah. of examining what you're made of and how you're going to respond to these factors and. To some people, this is a really good kick up the ass in a good wake up course. Because if there are people, because we've all been, I've been there where I've lived to please other people and I wasn't really myself, I was wearing masks and things. But when these things come, those things don't work anymore. But like there's yeah. things where you can't, you can't just for, for, be safe in numbers anymore with your friends at work and stuff. It's like you're by yourself in your office at your home. Um, you have to go and initiate things that you once were depending on other people to initiate for you. Like it's, it's either sink or swim. And I hope that people by watching this will be like, yeah, you're right. This is a kick up the ass. And I think the gamification piece, which is probably the theme of this so far, I love it because for me, gamification is about taking, like take the blow, like you said, feel the emotion, but the gamification helps you said, like you said before, strategize because in games, you're strategizing in games. Ooh. You're trying to figure out what your attributes are as an avatar. 
so to speak. Mm. What yeah. level is there? Like, can I? T- is this some levels you take on and you're not ready? Sometimes you need yeah. to, you need to build things up, but it's all yeah. about getting to progressing. Not like sitting like how boring would a game be if it's just about playing the same level over and over and over again at a very easy difficulty level. It's it's ridiculous. So I think engaging work problems, um, problem solving, and also just using that gamification idea of gamifying my situation to think strategically. That takes the emo- not the emotion in the bad sense of being disconnected, but the, the emotion of fear that paralyzes you from taking action. Gamifying yeah. almost just makes you go that way. There's a certain level of, you know this, we all know this as entrepreneurs, like certain level of um, emotional regulation that we have to have because mm. we get the better of us sometimes, can't it? Hundred percent, and uh, I mean, I love everything you said, and I don't know why we haven't talked a lot more before, Matt. But um, (laughs) but it's also, I mean, I talk about this just to add on to what you said. Um, I remember when I started my first business in two thousand and one, and I can't remember if it was an invoice that was owed to me or I owed someone. I just remember the figure was eighty dollars, and I remember really having a meltdown, thinking. like they owe it to me or how am I gonna I I remember that figure right and so the thing is I when you start out I think the emotions are like this like oh my god because it doesn't matter what business you're in if you're a hairdresser or you produce books or you're a restaurateur or like it doesn't matter what industry or what geographic location we all pretty much go through oh my god I'm so excited this is the most amazing thing ever oh my god I have no cash oh my god it's incredible oh my god I have the, like it's this thing right yeah. so through the years and people will say to me now it's interesting the bigger the problem is now if someone owes me I don't know half a million dollars my reaction now will be like this eh. It's a bit annoying, but you know, I have people like my reactions. I've had to like learn to um, balance them a lot more because the thing is, when I had that eighty dollar issue in two thousand and one, it was just me. I was a solopreneur, you know, so everything's like scary. But now I have like hundreds of people that work for me all over the world, and I have multiple businesses across multiple geographic locations. If every little thing came at me, completely unearthed me. I would be catatonic, rocking silently on the floor in a corner permanently, or I'd be like, you know, it wouldn't be pretty. So you learn to regulate. And like you said, you're not completely desensitized. You still feel. It's just that, you know, in for me, nearly 19 years of business, I've been through, freak, there is nothing, pretty much. I mean, this crisis is slightly different to a lot of things, but I'm still calling on the same toolkit and the same things that, that I've learned and the same resilience muscle that I've built up over the years. And so while some people are completely freaking out, I'm like, okay, how do we deal with this? And I make it, I mean, I'm, I was talking to another entrepreneurial friend of mine. I wrote this down, Paul Schultz, who's in restaurants a few days ago. He has every reason to be like, oh my God, everyone's closing. He owns something called Prince of York in Sydney. And I wrote this down because I thought it was freaking amazing. He said, Lisa, I don't know. I feel a bit excited right now. And he goes, I feel like a little speedboat. He said, I'm just stuck in a wee wing. And he said, last week I had one business. This week I've got three businesses. And I said to him, what do you mean? So he's literally, while a lot of other restaurants have been closing, he's like, what can I do? Okay. Coles and Woolies are sold out of pasta all the time. I can get my chefs to create amazing pasta, amazing steaks, amazing produce that's sold out in all the big chains. And rather than let his staff go, he's redeployed, well, when I spoke to him, seven of them to drive little mini vans and deliver all this stuff. So all of his staff are still there, as far as I know. They're either cooking the food or they're driving the food around. And so his attitude shift was this is exciting because I get to pivot and I get to do something different and I'm ducking and weaving and I've seen a gap, you know? So that's the thing when we've been around the traps enough, it actually doesn't scare us. And like I said, the ass falling out of my speaking gigs and, you know, losing 250 grand in upcoming revenue for the year, I go, eh, annoying, quick. Okay. I know how to make money. I know how to do things. How do I move through that? Right. And I get that other people, listening or watching will be like, you know, $250 is a big hit for them. Other people will be like, I just want 250 grand. It's all relative. It's no more or less. It doesn't make me more important or less important or more worthy or less worthy. It's just 
we learn over the years to to deal yeah exactly it's all relative and it's just about whatever's coming at us learn to respond you know and also know that it's okay to fall apart as i said two of the seven days i've fallen apart i think that's more so just quietly because i'm working at home with my partner now and i love him to bits but normally he's gone all day and suddenly he's like sitting at my desk at like <laughs> <future hours. laughs> Know, he's been driving me a bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true i've got two young daughters yeah. so um um i'm surprised i haven't ran in yet actually <laughs> but um yeah yeah I, how are you i'm i'm going good last night i had a little bit of um i had an episode last night it wasn't a big one but i got a bit stressed and overwhelmed by just the normally i let myself feel it um the you know the uncertainty and just doing some reading getting some catch-ups on where we are in the world right now with this and um yeah and my wife asked me my wife's my best mate she's like you're all right you looked a bit because i'm not usually i'm not really down usually like i don't usually but it's i felt pretty down last night and this morning yeah. um i feel really good this morning because i i've got lots of things to do today but um it's really good. It's really important because I don't like a lot of people. I know for me, I'm a very, I'm always doing something. So to stop and catch up on things like this and then the feel is to be honest, a little foreign sometimes um, for some people. So it's, it's been really good for me yeah. to be able to explore that again. Cause um, I've struggled to honestly, Lisa feel for a while, just in that sense of, um, some promotions haven't been there because of the busyness of life and moving out. We've got our personal um, um, lives. Like you said, you're moving houses. I moved my house four weeks ago from two hours in Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two young children and, and then you have some time to yourself and you're with them all the time. I, I get it. So it's like regulating up here is, this is such an important topic. Like is, we're talking about money a lot. Like people talk about money in the media a lot, but where's mindset? Yeah, like yeah and and thank you for sharing that matt because a few things you said and hopefully i think we we all fill the void with being busy you know and it's like we it, it goes a bit back to me escaping into alcohol in my 20s or escaping into work or escaping into the gym like and so i do feel for a lot of people who are used to a certain routine and they have a definitive sense of purpose every day because they turn up to an office or they know what they're doing and suddenly that's been pulled out from people so i would really say to people like create structure in your day whatever that looks like so just write it down as i'm doing i mean you it's like okay you know from 7 to 7 30 i'll go on my yoga mat from just if you have to be really rigid for a while i think for people and if you suddenly have no job and no anything then go okay from you know 9 to 11 i'm going to um research courses um online about what i could study from you know 12 to 1 i'll make myself a healthy nutritious meal if you have to get really rigid and disciplined to map out your days like that for now i think it's probably not a bad idea because suddenly it tricks your mind into i have a sense of purpose again i have yeah. something to look to look forward to I mean, we were laughing last night you know because we're not we're completely 100 self-isolated so we're not going out shopping or anything and you know we go online to do a woolworths order and it i think it's taking 14 days to get here right and i'm like i have no fresh fruit or veggies so like first of all problems and so then we ordered something from harris farm as well so it's almost like you trick your mindset suddenly we have things to look forward to because it's like russian roulette you don't know when your food supply is going to arrive or what's going on but you just do little things like that to have little funny things to look forward to life is about it's really simple i think it is about creating moments to look forward to so even if it's just little shopping orders and suddenly you don't know when they're coming mm -hmm. so it creates a false sense of excitement your mind doesn't know the difference right so it's again if you put into your diary okay today i'm going to gamify it by going from this time to this time i'm going to do this from this time to this time it gives you that structure again because otherwise there's going to be a lot of people who are suddenly alone with their own thoughts they have no sense of purpose they don't know what they're meant to do with their day and they might stay around in bed thinking i don't know what to do or they might get up and sit on the couch and watch 
you know, 10 episodes of something on Netflix back to back. But if you actually take control of your day and go, this is what I'm going to use it for, then in a way it could be the most magical time ever. And also just allowing yourself to be with your kids or whatever. I mean, we're in a very fortunate position that so many of us for years are like, oh my God, I have to go to work every day. It's so busy. I don't have time to play with my kids or connect with my friends. Well, now all you have is time. So it's like, if you reframe, reframe, reframe that mindset, I think it can start to work in our favor. Yeah, it can. And I think that's the recipe of nihilism, what you said before about if you have no structure and you're alone with your thoughts and you don't have like, I mean, here's the thing. Look, let's, I speak to a lot of high school kids. Like I've, I've, I'm still going to, we're still going to be doing seminars actually with high schools, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, amazing. it's going to be so cool because the thing that a lot of young people don't know, and we should borrow a page from school is they don't want to, a lot of people don't naturally want to go to school and rock up for an hour of maths or a matter of, a ma- yeah. you know, of English, but they have a seven hour timetable. And they will routinely and be forcefully go, they will go there. And at the end of yeah. the year, they will get some type of result. That's a miracle in itself because you take someone who's not motivated by themselves, if they're asked, they wouldn't pick up a science book maybe or do the school curriculum. Yeah, it's so but true. Yeah. Like, we almost need to have, go back in time and look at, wow, look what we accomplished in 12 years of our school years, even though I didn't want to necessarily do it. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, yeah. set up a timetable for ourselves with the necessary things that I think we ought to make. Um, I think you'll be all over this, Lisa. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for it. But people would really benefit, I think, from you and your team. Like if I'm an employee, he's like a template for a structure. And if I'm an employer, like he's a template for my... Because people, I think, would really, really long for that. They really need this direction, just a, like a school timetable for their lives to be able to fill in the gap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Thank you, Maddie. I'm going to write that down. Do it, please. Good time to have your life. <laughs> Two yeah, people, employees no, and employers. Yeah. Um, if I don't, and yeah. the unemployed, there's three people in that. Um, yeah. Only blank sheet of paper. Yeah. They might be in their head and they just need at least a messenger or someone to help them get Yeah, through. yeah, yeah. Yeah, just to unpack it. No, that's very true. Thank you. I like that. Just lastly, because... Yeah. Um, we could talk for hours. We should have done this a lot. We could, we're going to keep um, Well, I promise. Here is my promise to you. If you want to do another one, I promise I will make myself available whenever you want to. Let's do it. Maybe a Facebook live one time or something after this. Yeah, that sounds good. That'd be really that cool. That sounds good. Um, and if you want me to jump on a, I assume you're doing the high school kids, talking to them through Zoom or something. I'm really happy to um, do that as well. Jump on a call with you and do something around that. That'd be yeah, really so let cool. me know. Um, <coughs> yeah. Really cool. I had a few kids just really devastated because um, I was booked to go on a whole bunch of speaking gigs to cancel this year, but it devastates me more that the kids, because I see the impact that it has on youth. Like I was recently yeah. in the Hunter, up really up north in the Hunter, in an area which some year 12 kids, I've got to follow the school up, but um, some year 12 kids um, are... Yeah, like they're actually work. They're working two jobs to actually live in our own contained place with two students. Like, though, it's really hard times for them. So the impact yeah. that we can have on kids, I got to follow you up on that, Lisa, for sure. Um, yeah. No, I'm really, I'm really happy to um, spend some time doing that for sure. Yeah. Um, to finish off, but I think there's two questions I'd love to hear your thoughts on. One is for business owners and for just general public, just for people who can support business owners, because business owners employ more 50% of the economy um, and they're struggling a lot. And then there's employees who have jobs that work in businesses that are suffering too. Um, what are some, what are some ways that we could easily support business owners right now? I know we're all trying to tighten the belt as well and look at our own costs as family units. But for yeah. me, for example, like, and what you said about the restaurant here, like um, I'm going to my local cafe or I'm ordering lots of, I'm, as long as they're open, I'm ordering from there. They're delivering to my door. That's yeah, cool. amazing. As long as they're open, I'm happy to get the takeaway. Mm. What's your thoughts on some suggestions to help? So I think, um, you know, because it is a little catch-22, isn't it? As you said, people are tightening their belts and they're fearful, like, where's the next money coming 
from, but it's a circular economy. So I think, you know, there are certainly things that we can do, you know, um, retail stores. I mean, there's so much that we can buy online and whilst probably a lot of us won't be wanting to buy frivolous items right now, you know, there's a whole bunch of things. And so I've just been trying to support you know, different, like the grounds um, in Alexandria in Sydney, um, they delivered me, you know, some beautiful meals two days ago and also some flowers. So, you know, you can support your florist, you can support um, different restaurants that are, you know, being innovative and, and doing home deliveries and all that kind of thing. That's still very much going. Um, a lot of gyms again, look on my Instagram, Lisa Messenger from last night. Like, literally, if anyone's wanting to do home workouts, I mean, every single gym and exercise place seems to have pivoted to offering an, some kind of online experience so there's like loads of opportunities there and we can all pay them you know for classes or a monthly membership fee so that we can keep training whilst we're at home um i have a cohort of people that i'm mentoring at the moment through um Marie Folio's B school and it's beautiful. There's a woman Tamara in my group and last week she was at, so I meet with them once a week on Zoom and she was in tears last week saying I've got a dance studio in um, Sydney's Western suburbs and I'm going to have to close it all down because we're not allowed to do it anymore. And I said to her, again, this is how you can set it up online. And she said, oh, no, we'll follow and I don't know how to do it and everything else. And I talked to her this Thursday night, so just seven days later, and she said, Lisa, and she was sitting on screen while I went through everyone else. And I said, Tamara, okay, how are you doing? I'm worried about you. And she said, I just had um, a dance, my, one of my dance classes for kids online yesterday. 17 of them turned up paid what they would normally pay, all these little kids dancing around on Zoom, and she said, it's working. And so I think that's a thing, we can continue to support a lot of the bricks and mortar or retail businesses or service-based businesses that we were supporting before. We either need to look at, you know, how are they now offering their goods and services? And if and if they they haven't found a way to offer them, then for those of us who do have some business acumen, I would suggest that we can help them by offering a solution that they might not yet have seen themselves, you know, because any one of us who thinks laterally, and Matt, I think you and I are quite similar, like I can look at pretty much any business across any industry vertical, even if I've never worked in it, and I can straight away go, oh, I can see, and often that's the beauty of being external to someone else's business you know they get so stuck in i'm just drowning right now my cash flow is crap i've got no clients and they're just so stuck in the um the fear of it all that they can't actually see beyond whereas just ask someone that you trust external to your business and go god i can't see a way out of this and they might very quickly say oh have you thought about taking that online or digitizing that or have you thought about deliveries or have you thought about whatever other thing you know it is that can happen so um yeah so i think that's important i mean there are businesses that are thriving in this economy i mean we just bought shares in zoom because why not <laughs> um so some of the i'm sitting here with my hp laptop i think HP are doing really well, you know, because suddenly there's a flux of people needing to buy things. Um, you know, I think about my desk from Oz Design Furniture that I'm sitting here, you know, they're like kind of booming because everyone's like, oh my God, I need a desk. You're becoming essential so, items now. Yeah. 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 So also start to look at what, I mean, it's like any business planning, right? What are the current needs? What, what, what are people asking for? How can I pivot to meet one of those needs? I think there's, there's opportunity for sure, um, but don't be an opportunist, you know, and that's the fine line at the moment. Like find opportunity to pivot, but don't take advantage of people. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really yeah. great. Lisa, I'd, let's catch up again. Um, yeah, thank it. you. And thank, <laughs> thank you for being so patient and waiting for so long. And I'm wearing a cap because one of the pitfalls, although my, this is my vanity, my hairdresser said he'll send me some home dye. I'm like, oh, wow, it's going all a little funky around there. <laughs> I know the feeling, you know. Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, but let's stay in touch. And um, anyone, anyone listening, I'll put in the show notes. Lisa's got a great, uh, many business, but go to collectivehub.com. Is it .com? Yes. Or, yeah. And yeah, collectivehub.com. And I would suggest if anyone um, does need support, my book, Risk and Resilience, is like the grittiest read you'll ever read about how I nearly went under so that'll make you feel better about yourself but also give strategies about how I got out of that and came out the other side and thrived and then also my book 
which came out in October work from wherever, which was a little before its time. And I was kind of unique. I was going around the world speaking about, you know, how to decentralize your workforce, how to work from home. And then suddenly it's like, whoa, everyone's doing that. But that's kind of a useful tool potentially as well for people. Well, you're an inspiration, Lisa, and I, I mean that. And I think people really need to listen to individuals like you and like our you know, people that are in our network, like um, Mark Boris is another one, like just people who have gone through in their journey, very similar thing. They've gone through tough times. They've um, got really great practical things to say and uh, are humble. And I love that about you. You're very humble and um, over an achiever, but hard worker. Like it's, it's just great to see role models like yourself out there for people. People need it more than ever. We've had, we needed it through history. Like we've had, I know if you look at Roman times, if you look at Greek mythology time, like people even constructed role models if there weren't any around, you know, they embody something that we should aspire to act out like. And it's important that we, we keep trying to put a good message out, but I just want to give you some prop there, Lee. I mean that. I keep it up. Thank you. Um, well, I'm... and thank you for everything you're doing in the world. And it is so beautiful to actually connect in person and let's do some more stuff together and let's support some of those school kids. I think that's really important work. Yeah, thanks, Lisa. Talk soon. All right. Ciao. Thanks so much for listening to the Xemela podcast. Now, listen, if you're a cafe owner, restaurantee, or you own a takeaway shop, or you're a personal trainer in the fitness industry and you're still open during this whole coronavirus season, we've made the best social media pack. This social media pack is full of graphic designed templates and tools to prompt you to be able to let your audiences know of your menu, of the sales, the specials, how you're delivering your services online, if it's delivery, or if you're a personal trainer, how the online session works, what your prices are, the testimonials from your clients, it all is there to prompt you. I want you to head to www.mentoredmedia.com, go to the store and grab a pack because I've seen firsthand cafes post the first template on their social media and people have been commenting, I want to buy five of everything on your menu. Like This literally happened today. So I can't vouch for these enough. We designed these with you in mind. So head to that. I would love your support to jump on social media and give us a follow at Matt Purcell Official because we're going to have some amazing guests come on this season. I'd love to hear your feedback. Hope you're well. Stay safe, stay healthy, and God bless.